Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Ovum, our podcast hosted by African Women for African Women, where we speak to African women from all around the world. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing someone to you, a beautiful lady, very phenomenal. She is the founder of IVF South Africa, and I'm so glad you're here with us. Hi, Kurai. How are you doing today? Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm good. So, Kurai, <laughs> I love you. already laughing already. it. <laughs> the way you said there, now we're recording. That's why guys were watching this. Which if I'm not looking there, if I'm looking here, it's just a, this thing. Okay. Yeah, right. exactly. I'm good. I'm, I'm happy you, to be you, good. good. Yep. Yes, we're so honored to have you. I mean, I'm, I'm like super glad. I'm like, literally, I looked up, cry, and I'm like, wow, this woman is my story. Like, she's literally <laughs> your story. I feel like your story is my story to a great extent, and a lot of women out there can relate. And the bonus thing for me is we're both Zimbabwean, so I'm like, I can totally relate. So cool. tell us a bit about yourself. Who's Kurai? Who's Kurai? I am. Who am I? Currently, I love conversations that grow me. I love dialogue. I, I love narrating our own stories because I just think, like what you said, you know, we're Zimbabwean, normally our sort of, stories or whatever it is were told to us and it was just that word of mouth and nobody mm-hmm. would record nobody would go on and document those and I just think to myself what a pity so yeah so my current Kurai a lover of conversations that grow her um I love dialogue I love talking our stories for us by us like really I never believed in FUBU you know when FUBU was big in Zim I, I never believed in it, but right now I'm all fubu. If they would come back again, I would have that big O5 on the back, on the front, the works, I would be fubu because yeah. I, I think I truly believe in that, that it's, you know, it's for us, by us. And and not from a bad perspective, like, oh no, they would never do anything for us. But I think so that we would go on and just make sure that our kids would have something that they would be able to go on and say, oh no, that was our parents and would really be able to find us. So yeah, that is who I am. That's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, guys, you can tell from her personality. You need, you need to check out her Instagram. Like, <clears throat> literally, this is Kurai. Well, for me, <laughs> I don't know if this is her. If this is what it's she's the real. It's the real. It's the real. Before the reels, apparently, I was serious. Oh, really? That's good. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I love that. So tell us, I mean, IVF South Africa obviously came about as a result of your journey. So what, right. what was it? What's your journey? Like share with us. What was my journey like? So IVF South Africa, um, like I said to you earlier on, literally it's because of the fact that whenever I was searching, so so when I decided, well, not when I decided, when there was no other option for me but to go through um, infertility treatment or to seek out infertility treatment, I was looking for a point of reference that looked like me deliberately looked like me, mm-hmm. um, you know, within the same circumstances as me, uh, within um, South Africa. And and I, I did not, you know, like I didn't find someone who I could really relate to and say, oh, no, that looks like me, that, you know, that sounds like my story and I resonate with it. And there's a lot of importance with regards to just seeing someone who looks like you or who's got a story that's similar to yours and you can really say, do you know what, I see me in that person, Right. Um, so the stories that I was mm. looking at was your YouTube was my source. Um, but these are people who are in America. And then when I would go to my doctor's rooms, I'd be like, listen, yeah, what this is saying and what this person is saying, you know, I can, you know, I've got an idea that they're talking about the, you know, same similar stuff, but it's not necessarily that something that I could relate to. So I then decided, you know what, I'm going to 
create sure. this page IVF South Africa so that I would be what my sister calls a billboard. So a billboard just either tells you, you know, go this way to go to Santon or go yeah. that way to go to Arare or Zimbabwe. So all I'm just doing is um, pointing someone in the direction. R- really, that's just my goal. My goal is to say, if you're that standing is... here and going, which way do I go? I'm hoping that because I have walked that road before, that I would be able to say to you, oh, perhaps if you turn this way, maybe it might lead to X, but it's not necessarily going to be exactly like mine because at some point we're going to part. So yeah, so that's why IVF was born. I was looking for someone who looks like me with a similar story under the same circumstances. So I decided to be that for another person who's coming along on the journey. Uh, so yeah, so just have an Instagram page with regards to that. How did my infertility start? I don't even know whether it started then or not, but in any event, I've had a history with fibroids. I've had two surgeries with regards to fibroids. Um, I had a, is that what they call it? Spontaneous conception. It was not spontaneous. We're, we're deliberately trying. I fell pregnant naturally. Mm-hmm. I had a miscarriage. Um, I think probably five, six, seven weeks or something like that. I, if you listen, please do not listen to all my podcasts. I say different things because I can't really just keep track. But anyway, so <laughs> it's about to be like it's hard to keep the same <laughs> Anyway, guys, I did have a miscarriage. I mean, obviously, the highlights are the highlights. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. so yeah, mm-hmm. so I had a miscarriage. This is in 2015. How old am I in 2015? In 2015, I am 33. Okay, the reason why I say my age is very mm-hmm. deliberate because infertility and age have a correlation, right? Uh, not too precious about my age. I'm 38. And I'm out about it. Anyway, um, so yeah, so then had a miscarriage. Yes. <laughs> had a miscarriage. Then said, you know what? Go to the guy. And the guy says, listen, yeah, you're still young. Keep on trying. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, go back. Keep on trying, 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 trying. Um, getting a bit frustrated and a bit worked up. But in any event, you're just listening because it's your guy. You keep on trying. Um, it's not working out. I then decide... No, no, no. So now in between the side, I've had a myomectomy, which is the surgery to remove my fibroids in 2011. 2015, I get mm-hmm. pregnant. I have a miscarriage. Later on, I think it's in 2015, I then the, have a fibroid surgery again, which is another myomectomy because the, the fibroids were back. I'm just prone to them. Don't know why. I think it happens in some women. In some, it doesn't. In any event, I now have another myomectomy. So it sort of delays a bit of uh, the whole, oh, no, we're trying to get pregnant because I have to heal. I then decide, you know what, I'm not going to listen to this guy any afterwards because he said, listen, yeah, you know, it'll happen. You're young, you know, relax, the works. I then decide, you know what, I'm not going to relax. I'm not going mm-hmm. to do this. I'm going to go and seek out fertility help, uh, fertility treatment. Um, I then make an appointment uh, through a recommendation that came from uh, one of my husband's uh, therapists. Um, went through to VitaLab and... Uh, had my first ever appointment with a fertility specialist. And then I was diagnosed with what is called low ovarian reserve. Uh, in simple terms, what that means is just that, so every woman is, got, is born with a certain number of eggs. So at birth, we already have the number of eggs that we're going to have. There's no way we produce more. Um, and by the time you're already born, they're already nine months old. Uh, so whatever age you are right now, just subtract... Uh, Add or subtract? Add nine more months or something like that. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, low ovarian reserve, my egg quality and the number of eggs for a person my age, for an average person my age, whoever averages. I don't know who averages. I don't think anybody's ever made average. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's they're lower than what is expected or what the doctor would, you know, would want to be in the range. 
So I then tried what they call treated cycles. So the treated cycle is when they give you some medication, which is sometimes in the form of pills. Um, for a certain number of days, they go on and track your ovulation and that sort of thing. I did, I think, two rounds of those treated cycles. I think one was without an, a shot, which is a shot of just, you know, to go on and trigger your ovulation and stuff like that. Both of them, those did not work. Mm-hmm. I then had an IUI, which is artificial insemination, where they literally just wash my husband's sperm and they put a little thin little thing that they then inject the sperm into directly into my uterus in the hope that the sperm would swim up go do the whatever they're supposed to do, what we learned in science, and hey, Presto is supposed to get pregnant. That didn't work. I then now had no choice but to go through to IVF. Um, when I say I had no choice, because I thought to myself, I think I remember asking the doctor, why now, you know, is it really, is there really any point for me to go through, mm-hmm. you know, another round or whatever? Anyway, he says IVF, and then I soon realized I cannot afford it because it was costing close to 110000 I think, because they had suggested, this clinic had suggested to do what is called PGD mm-hmm. testing, which is where they test the the embryo uh, to go on and just to make sure, you know, from a, hmm, let me try and think of this. So they do the testing in order to make sure that there is, I don't want to say there's anything wrong, you know, because that's the wrong word. But if you understand what I mean, it's it's if, they, if everything is A-OK with the embryo, meaning that all they want to do is to test it in order to make sure that our chances of actual conception in the sense of the pregnancy could go on and... Uh, it will be a, it results in a birth. Uh, they just do the testing. So I I knew I was not able to afford that. So my search quickly turned uh, to Google. Hi Google, cheapest IVF in South Africa. Cheapest IVF and a blog post yeah. uh, popped up. And the blog post was written by a lady who had uh, highlighted that Steve Bickel Academic Hospital in Pretoria was. Um, offered cheaper IVF and indeed it did and the reason why it can afford to charge cheaply not necessarily cheaply affordably but I also I'm cautious of using the word affordable uh, because that's always relative so in within my means it was something that I could afford so I went through to there had my first round of IVF so obviously there's tests batteries and stuff like that of all of those things I did my first round of IVF it worked your girl was on Pinterest. She got the best, um, awesome. what do you call, pregnancy announcement she could ever come up with. She came up with the Starbucks one, with the donuts. I remember going into Starbucks and saying, no, 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 Ooh. can we please have the little baby Chino cups? Because do you know what? No, 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 it has to be empty. Because <laughs> Anyway, we do this whole yes. thing. Take the pictures. We send to everyone. Right? When I say everyone, I mean everyone. Because in my miscarriage, I had not everyone. sent to everyone. I had not told anyone that I was pregnant. I just had to be telling people, oh, no, now I've had a miscarriage. And I said to myself, never, ever again. So if the opportunity ever presents itself, I am doing the best announcement as far as I was concerned. And so, yeah, so the pregnancy is working out. uh, And then I had to go for a scan, the first scan that I had to go for. And I get there and there's nothing in the uterus, right? Because I've already Googled. It's supposed to be the size of a mustard seed or a what of a this and that. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, so when you get there and then the doctor's like, oh, no, I'm looking, but there's nothing. Mm, calls in other people, looks, 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 nothing. Anyway, it turns out it's an ectopic pregnancy. Um, and I have to have, uh, despite having tried to, to what you call it, to, not to, how do I put it? To You are given pills so that you would have a miscarriage, right? So I was given this pill or mm-hmm. drug called methotrexate and, you know, given it, 
that didn't work. And then I remember thinking, oh no, man, I've got an abdominal pain that just won't go away. I go back to the clinic and it turns out I'm bleeding internally, right? So now they've located, oh no, the ectopic pain is there. It wasn't washed out. And then had to go for emergency surgery. And then I had to lose one of my tubes because it had ruptured. So that's that. Then I'm like, you know what? We're going to go in again. I remember taking a break um, and just saying, I just needed time to breathe and stuff like that. And back again, went in for my second round of IVF. And with the second round of IVF, it was successful. So whoop, whoop, this announcement was even way bigger than the other announcement. Yeah. I had a whole production. <laughs> Aaron, I had a whole production. It was the works, locations, what, what. Amazing. <laughs> so yeah, so I did that. And yeah, so it resulted in my son, who is now two years. I, he's got two years with the months wow that's amazing so yeah and yeah we named him wow and i think it's an encouraging what's his name his name is ariko ishe akatendeka Akatendeka for sure that's amazing so yeah and i love how you share your story so with so much ease i mean obviously during the time it was a lot of pain and I'm curious, let me take you back. Right. Take us back to the first miscarriage. How how did you cope with that? How did I cope? And and that's the thing. So the other day I was saying to my husband, I remember stuff in like snippets. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember detail. Like if you would ask me what, the other day I said, I feel like a fraud, right? Like if someone would ask me, what medication did you take? I'll be like, <laughs> how? Like I took medication. Like, yeah. But, but I, I don't remember those details. Um, in any event, mm-hmm. I go back to the miscarriage. What do I remember? I just, I, I remember this. It's the first time that the memory that stuck with me a lot with, with my miscarriage is I hate my blood being drawn. Um, mm-hmm. And it's because of the fact that for some reason, the pain, I think it was the emotional pain. I don't think it was the physical pain yeah. of it, but it was the emotional pain. But I think I could then now probably say oh no that was painful does that make sense because i think with an emotion if you don't save someone oh that was yeah. painful there's no way of actually you know in any event i remember that the blood test was going to determine whether i was having a miscarriage or not so what what had happened was i just started bleeding i go to my guy and i say listen yeah i'm bleeding and whatever and then he says do you know what you know it's sort of normal in pregnancy and stuff like that nothing to be really alarmed you know about but let's say just be precautious you go get an HSG test. So it's a blood test that actually determines how much of the pregnancy hormone you have in your body, right? So mm-hmm. if the so the first test is going to tell us X number. And then two days later, you would have to have another test done in order to determine is it rising or is it decreasing? Two days later on, it was decreasing. So I remember that because I knew this is what this blood test was going to mean, right? It means I'm having a miscarriage or do you know what? Relax. It happens to everyone, this whole bleeding thing. But I remember that. I remember that that pain of that needle or whatever, it stuck in my head. It is stuck in my head. Wow. Another defining thing was just to say, whenever it would be that God would bless me with a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether they told me just yesterday, whether I had had the sex yesterday and I knew that today I was pregnant, I'm going to tell yes. everybody. And the reason yeah. why I would tell everybody was because of the fact that I just thought to my, in that moment, I remember thinking, um, anyway, before that, my husband had said with the pregnancy, oh, no, let's not tell anyone that sort of thing. We wait three months because that's the thing. Um, and I just said, oh, okay. Yeah, that's the traditional we'll go, way of saying we'll, it. We'll go along with that. 
but I remember then thinking, oh no, as soon as I told, and I remember I asked them this and I said, and what if something then does happen? So do we tell people? Do we not tell people? Um, and, you know, yeah. then something did happen. So that's why I was like, because something did happen. And then first things, you know, if I were to tell you, Karen, I, you know, I had a miscarriage and I'd never told you about the pregnancy. What would, what would your thought be about God? Because I think we associate, oh no, if something that's not nice or that's not what we perceive God to be, it probably that I would not say, oh, praise be to God. No. It'd be like, ah, yeah. uh, uh, translated, why would God do that, right? Um, so yeah, so so that's for me, I think that was the two things. The pain, for some reason, with the needles, I just then I've never gotten over it. I used to be mm-hmm. a donor, I just can't. Um, and that I'm going to tell everybody. So for me, that's what the miscarriage is about. And also just people probably saying, inappropriate things or inappropriate questions like someone True. asked me and said oh were you guys trying i was like oh gosh yeah. <laughs> yeah. the questions know. people ask Ooh, i don't know but anyway yeah so 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 it's that and i think that's probably also one of the things if you look at my page as well it's the the stuff that we go on and say these things that are just inappropriate uh but i'm not sure that's our culture Mm -hmm. needs half of those things to go on and say oh no you don't talk about it don't say anything um it's almost an expectation of of saying i could not grieve that well as far as i was concerned i lost a child like you know anybody can tell me whatever way they would like to tell me but for me and in my head i'm not kidding you i've got a child now and in my head, for some reason, that first mm-hmm. carriage, I can tell you how old the child is. I can tell you, oh, no, I wonder. It's always the wondering of. Yeah. I wonder what they would have been like. Oh, I even said, oh, something, oh, we would have probably had a child who's now in grade X or in grade Y or whatever it is. It's I've always that's just true. wondered. So, yeah, so that's what the miscarriage was like. That's That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and I can imagine that must have been tough. But I'm curious, IUI, is it painful? What's it like? Nope. Zero pain. I remember saying, saying to my husband, if you've been, I think, does it feel like a, a pep smear? They must, they must use some. Do you see what I was saying when I said to you, I don't remember the detail. I've had that then. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a fraud. But the you fact that you don't remember, maybe it's not that painful. No, there's no pain. There is no pain. I, I, I'm, what I'm just saying is, I'm trying to think that I'm sure they have to use something in order for this little, it's a very little thing if you probably think of your charger think of it even way smaller than that and that's what they're putting uh-huh. up you know into your through your cervix and then and but i'm sure for them to be able to get to your cervix somebody has to use something in order to go on and open the cervix right i think that's true because even for me like every time i hear people talking about iu i am like into your uterus yo like that no, just it's not, there's no pain. <laughs> so all it is probably is just there's probably this this, this comfort to do with the that that thing i don't know yeah probably you know uh but in any event so i don't know if there was no pain there was no pain i remember mm-hmm. lying on the bed i don't know if my husband still has that video and then i was going swim little bitch swim <laughs> <laughs> Why? i thought they should just be encouraged as they went on run along the doctor had left the room so it was just myself and my husband and i just thought all right you know what? let me just encourage you know swim along but yeah, no, there is yeah. no pain. No pain. Okay. Oh, that's an interesting fact. And then you mentioned something about egg quality. And I know that's something a lot of people don't. I recently learned that this past year. I was like, wow, we 
right? We actually have egg quality. And I know it plays a big role in whether or not your IVF will be successful. So I'm curious, like, what did you do to assist your egg quality? Did you, like, take something? Did you have to eat better? Did you have to exercise? That's why I tell you, I think I'm a fraud. Enough people ask me, did you change your diet? Um, you know, the first time someone asked me that, I was like, what do you mean did I change my diet? What about my diet? Like, and I didn't because I didn't understand what they were going on about until I also mm-hmm. read up and then I was like oh people it, not people but that's like, where I actually also encouraged to say you know eat certain foods and that sort of thing in order to mm-hmm. be able to um I, I guess improve the, the the quality of your eggs and all sorts of things but mm-hmm. I'm not I, you know what I, I did not do anything but then again in the same breath I have never so I'm a person, if, if you worked with me for the past eight or so years, I eat the same lunch. Like I literally can mm-hmm. eat a salad, right? Even in winter. Um, and, it's the same, and it's the same salad. Don't think it's anything magical. It's the same packet of pre-packed salad that I have always eaten. I have always um, exercised. You know, for the past, I can't remember how many years I've, I've always done it. Uh, no, I'm not a gym fanatic or anything like that or, a, you know, gym bunny. No, I'm far from it. Mm-hmm. But I think I've I've led sort of like a you know fairly um, active and fairly healthy, healthy life, lifestyle, you know that sort of thing. So I think maybe that always stood me in good stead. So I I don't know whether I no I did not do anything deliberate. That mm-hmm. yeah, it was just really that like it was low. But also, okay. But also when I just think back, right? I remember seeing the diagnosis on a thing on a referral letter, and I never asked my doctor the details. I never stopped to say, so what does this really mean? So if you would tell me that it's poor egg quality, then why would we be doing this? I literally just think to myself, now when I look back, I'm like, listen, I was a terrible advocate Mm -hmm. for myself. A terrible advocate for myself. Because I should have stopped there and said, okay, what does that mean? Um, If you're saying we should do this, why would that be the best sort of thing for us to do? Why should I start the treatise? You know what I mean? Like, I just think to myself, and now that's my biggest sort of preach because that's the biggest lesson that I've learned. Be my own advocate. Um, because yes, they, that person is a doctor, yeah. but they don't know everything. They don't know you as you know you. Like I would tell you, oh no, when you give me that pill, it's mm-hmm. actually making me feel a bit nauseous, I'm a bit dizzy, I can't really do much or whatever it is. But then when I was just taking it, I was like, eh, they already said this thing is hard anyway. Maybe just ride the wave, just ride the wave. Don't be a sinner. <laughs> just ride. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, just ride the wave. Oh, you know, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we just take it. That's what the doctor said. In some cards. Yeah, it's like good, that's the word. That's the phrase. Mm-hmm. And and then I'm just thinking to myself, no, I, I must not shinga for anybody. If I'm a sissy, I'm a sissy, I mean, I'm going to say, Hey, this sissy does not like one, two, three, four, five, but I could have only done that if I had educated myself. So yeah. That that is so true. Okay. <laughs> now another part I'm curious about. I've heard about these IVF shots that you have to take mm-hmm. before IVF, mm-hmm. and some people say Like, <laughs> tell me about that. <laughs> Apparently, that's not the exciting. That's like the least exciting part. <laughs> I do you know what? I was one of those. I went to the pharmacy, bought the medication, bought the syringes, whatever mm-hmm. that thing that buys is not a Jackson. You know, with us, it's that whole thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, that stuff, medication and stuff like that. I never administered a single shot by myself. Mm-hmm. I was not going to do it. Take the whiskey. <laughs> it was not going to be me. So my luckiest thing was <laughs> I had a cl- no, not I had no. I did not have a clinic where 
I own. Um, there was a clinic at 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 where I used to work, and literally I would go early enough in order to be able to get my morning shot, and if I had an afternoon shot, I would still be able to get it um there. And I remember, so you know, so I had it done by them. Are the injections? Um, I think it's because remember what I said, I, I, I'm just terrified of injections and you're administering these injections. I can't remember. I think one or two were, um, on my bottom. And then I think the the majority mm-hmm. of them are just underneath your belly button. So in that area, um, I never administered a single shot where they're painful. I think just like any other injection, if you get a penicillin injection, I'm sure somebody will tell you that's really, really painful. Yeah. If some felt like they were stinging, I remember I used to go, Oh my goodness, or whatever it is. Um, I think I used to cry, not necessarily because, like I said to you, the pain of that and the emotional, just like, I think it was a, something that would really jolt you to reality to say, this is the part that I have to go through and some people don't, right? Uh, I think I would get a bit emotional about that Yeah. Um, with the shots because it really, I'm feeling the pain. There's no two ways about it. Somebody just, you know, went to bed. I don't know. Do they go do it in bed or whatever? But anyway, and yeah. So, so that, yeah, <laughs> for me, that, that the injections were just that. Yeah. They were painful, but I wouldn't be like, oh my, no. Okay. That would be an exaggeration. They were, I was just a sissy. This is pretty that way. <laughs> well, I'm glad that as a sissy, you actually have very encouraging. <laughs> you, your reaction is very encouraging. It's not negative. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm curious. So tell us about the process itself, the IVF process, like the egg retrieval, the procedure, uh, transfer and so on. What is that? Yeah. Like? What is that like? Okay. So I think I was on a short protocol. I, I say, I think because nobody ever labeled it. I said, this is a long protocol, short protocol. I remember take, having to have those injections um some pills uh some vitamins some antibiotics at some point i think i think it's towards the egg retrieval or at some point because i guess uh they have to at those points um so injections were probably like a week or so mm-hmm. of injections which will probably be like i said in the morning i'd have a shot and in the around you know early evening i'd have another shot depending on whether there was a, I mean, not depending. So depend, and then you have these scans that you have after a couple of days. So the scans are just gone and monitored to see whether, you know, whatever it is that they're giving you to stimulate. So they're stimulating your ovaries in order for them to create more follicles. Um, mm-hmm. And they would hope that with the stimulation, more follicles will get to a certain, what they call maturity in order for them, to, for that egg or that follicle in order to be able to be fertilized, right? So, uh they give you that medication in order to stimulate that. They check your the lining of your uterus because it's you know it's part and parcel of the whole conception thing. Um, did that yeah. probably for a week or so. Did the scans in between. After that, it was a case of oh okay now you get the trigger shot. So the trigger shot was the only shot that my husband ever administered. Of a video that is mm-hmm. a whole seven minutes, right? So the, <laughs> a nurse tells you and says, listen here, you must do it at Half past seven tonight, okay? Half past seven. This is me and my husband. We're still negotiating. Like, this was me, right? I kid you not. I'm saying, I want to post that video. That video. I, I always laugh. So I'm, I'm standing in, in, in our kitchen. I'm going, okay, are you ready? Okay, are you going to? And he has to open the 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 the, the, the water stuff, the powder stuff to mix this, this injection thing. Now my husband is like a big guy. And then when he pops that thing, that thing breaks. <laughs> 
Now you're thinking, oh Lord, we don't have an extra Ooh, one. Like, why are we now? Yeah. But anyway, it didn't break to the point where the, the liquid was, was was lost. Anyway, I'm standing there. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> and then he goes, okay, okay, now we do. The man just held my skin. I was like, listen, that is way painful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> listen, no, that's way painful. Like, like I remember just going, no, 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 no. Now you're hurting me. Now it's painful. Anyway, because you have to some of your skin in order to whatever. And 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 at that point, I think I'm even, you know, at my smallest, you know, so, so there's hardly any fat to be holding onto on my stomach. But in any event, we get this trigger shot done. So the trigger shot is done. They then tell you, okay, after the trigger shot, which is just to, I think it's to trigger ovulation. That's why I said I'm a fraud. Anyway, it triggers something in the whole cycle mm-hmm. thing. I then go in, I think two days later or something like that, or the very next day, I can't really remember get the eggs retrieved so the egg retrieval is done when you're under what here in south africa or where i had it done it was under what they call conscious sedation so i was out for the count i remember the lady you know is talking to you whatever whatever. okay i'm going to put you under but it's a doctor and a nurse uh it's not even an an anesthesiologist or anything like that or maybe there is i don't know but i if they were they left before anyway um yeah and i had that done the eggs are retrieved um and then when you wake up, so the conscious sedation, this part is the spookiest part ever, right? I didn't know what the conscious sedation mm. thing meant, right? So they said, oh, no, no, soon after that, you will leave with your husband and you, you go, home. Oh, okay, cool. All I just now remember is I'm on the highway, which is the freeway or the motorway, for, depending on where you are, where you are. And I remember just thinking, yeah. how come now I'm this close to my house, but I don't remember anything before this? So literally, I've got zero memory wow. from when this person said, okay, I'm putting you under now. And literally now I'm on the highway and I'm this close to my house. But when I look at the time, the time that is elapsed <laughs> is like a long time. And I'm going, uh-uh, uh-uh. what's, you know, what's going on? In any event, my, what husband, happened? my husband says to me, all along you were talking to me, you were, you were asking me questions. I was answering you, everything, your eyes, there's, you're walking. I'm telling you, okay, fine, go this way, go that way. You will follow every instruction. Uh, but you would, and then I said, but I'm not conscious of that I did any of this. So that really freaked me out a bit. But then, you know, and and that was the part that I was just like, oh, I didn't particularly like. But then, then I thought to myself, if my husband was there, then clearly I was safe um, because of the fact that he's mm-hmm. there. Uh, I, I'll remember little bits and pieces. And I said, oh, did that happen? Or is that my imagination? And then he says, oh, no, 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 that happened. And then they will then tell you, the clinic will call you, I think, within two days or a day to just tell you how the, the, the whether the whew, the sperm and the egg yep. have now mm-hmm. fertilized and if they have, how many have fertilized and, 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 and. I remember my first round of IVF, I think we retrieved nine or 10 eggs, right? Um uh-huh. And as far as I was concerned, that was a good number. I was happy. I was over the moon because I had nothing to compare it with. Um, so, yeah, I was happy about that. Yeah. And then they told us that, oh, no, with the rate, with the way that it's going, at the end of it all, I think by day two, uh, leading into day three, they told me that I had two um, embryos and that, yeah, they would rather do what is called a three-day transfer, meaning they'll transfer the the embryos now uh three days after the whole Mm -hmm. fertilization that has happened in the lab and as compared to others who get it done uh within five days or after five days um i then Mm -hmm. had two embryos transferred 
and the two embryos that were transferred is what resulted in one of them resulted in the ectopic pregnancy. So in essence, that's, yeah. So so that's probably that was my procedure uh, or my protocol with my cycle. Mm-hmm. It, it might be similar, but it's not going to be the exact same cycle that another person goes through or a protocol that another person goes through. It's very, very personal in the sense that it's because it's my hormones. I don't know yeah. if I have more of estrogen or less of something or the LH was like this or the FSH was like that. Those are just different hormones. Don't even ask me. I don't even know what they mean. I always have to ask my husband, what does FSH <laughs> I think it's luteinizing <laughs> hormone is the one. I won't even be able to tell you what it is. Hormone, yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, not hormones, man. Hey. Uh-huh. You know, so everybody's is different. So, <laughs> so, so you're not going to have an exact same sort of protocol to what I also have. So, yeah. So that's, in, in a nutshell, that True. is the process. Um, yeah. I, I never really concentrated on that bit. I really concentrated on how I felt. That makes sense. <laughs> Well, I figured the doctors have been. I mean, that, that makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I feel so educated right now. Like I've learned so much while you're speaking. The other question I have, because I've 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 watched your interview with Zim Weddings and so on. Right. And even as you were speaking, you mentioned how your fallopian tube was removed. And then my curious, I'm curious basically, how does it affect the IVF process? If there are any women who have so, like, so potentially, uh, yeah. What the tube would do in mm-hmm. in a natural cycle, or the 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 purpose of the tube is what they will now do in the lab. So I did not need my sperm to swim up to my sperm. Manje, manje, man. I love that. <laughs> it's now yours. Yeah, it's ours. <laughs> but they said when you get married, what is this? My my one. <laughs> Anyway, it's uh, sperm. <laughs> nah, I anyway, so yeah, so 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 what the tubes would go on and do is what the sperm would have to go swim up and then they would meet the egg at some mm-hmm. point. I'm not sure whether they meet halfway or what, I don't know, but they meet somewhere up there where they would the sperm would have to swim up the tube in order to go on and then fertilize the egg. Now all of this happens now in the lab. So they will literally take my mm-hmm. husband's prepared sperm and my prepared, I don't know whether they prepare them, I don't know. What is it over easy or yeah. well done or what? But anyway, I'm a kind. It's eggs, and they yeah they mix them, and then that's when the fertilization happens. So without my tubes, uh, I would still IVF would actually work because it negates the purpose of those tubes. So even if you didn't have any of your tubes, of the tube. it yeah, yep. So it would still work. Okay, all right. Now for the big question that everyone obviously is wondering. Well, maybe it's just me. I'm the yeah, That's always the first question. The other one. <laughs> so, how much does? How much? What are the costs like? What What are some of the costs involved? Like, okay, in these treatments. So, so like I said, with my first um clinic, I I needed to be you know a hundred and ten approximately in order for me to be able to do what it is that I you know this IVF process with the PGD testing, with probably the storage costs as well with the eggs because they will have to store them as they are doing the PGD test. Uh-huh. And then when I moved over to the government um, hospital, that was, this is in 2018, so so that people would just, you know, be aware of the fact that obviously prices would have gone up. Yeah. Um, the prices then, I remember it was between 30,000 and 35,000 rand. And that, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like a fraction of what it would have cost me in a in a in a in the private clinic that I had. So with the medication you have, in as much as the, the, the hospital fees are subsidized, in as much as the doctor's consultations are subsidized. So the, the greatest part that is actually subsidized in if you go through the government institution is is the actual consultation, the services that the doctors would provide. The medication, mm-hmm. I would still be charged the same yeah. price as any person because I have to go purchase it at a at a clinic that's a private clinic. So yeah, so that those are the approximate costs but just the other day i called the cbk hospital to ask them what's the approximate cost and they said it's plus or minus now forty thousand rand to be able to do that okay that makes sense yeah but like you said there's still a difference (laughs) a big difference there is so how long was your fertility journey in in total and in general for people like from the start of ivf cycles how long is that process as well? Uh, so this is, yeah. I mean, I skip a whole lot of stuff. But anyway, so like I said, a, while, mm-hmm. a week or so, I'm taking the medication and I'm taking the injections and stuff like that. Then I have to get mm-hmm. the maybe within a day or two days after the trigger shot. Then three days that I had to wait. Are you doing the math? I think you said you had the accountant. I did. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and the three days, I'm, 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 we wait for the for the um, you know, when it is that we're going to then do the transfer, and then after mm-hmm. the transfer now, so they've transferred the embryo into my uterus. Um, I, you now have to wait for two weeks, um, in order for you okay. to be able to do your blood test, in order for you to confirm whether you are pregnant or not. So uh-huh. maybe like, when I'm just strictly looking at a cycle, when I've started the medication to the point where now uh-huh. it's after my two-week wait, what they call two-week wait, was commonly known as yeah. that, is probably maybe as three, two and a bit weeks or no, no, no. After I just said two-week wait. I no, your math is off. But let me tell you, when I it's about when. 14 days. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> 14, no, 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 about, no, 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 no. Sorry, it's about four weeks until so. Four speak. weeks. <laughs> Clearly, you're the accountant. I'm not. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And for yourself, did you feel like you were any pressure to have kids? Besides, obviously, when you then found out about your egg reserve and so on. Before that, like, did you feel like any pressure from other people? Oh, I love that. You know, you know, you know, you know, in Zim, you know, in Shona or whatever, we like to say, ah. But I got a pressure, you know, like that, you know, hey. you know like that, like, like for zero me, pressure. yeah, zero pressure, you know what I mean? No, no zero pressure, zero pressure from, from what people would expect to say, uh, because I got married when I was 30. I, we then decided mm-hmm. we're going to try for a baby in, you know, three years later. So I'm 33 now. Uh, nobody had ever asked me the question. So when is the baby? What's the story or whatever? No, uh, nobody really. Um, so yeah, so uh, zero pressure. Um, and even, and even with, 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 with getting the diagnosis of whatever, yes, maybe was I impatient now with just like, I want to just know what's the story because you know what, like, you know, so that's, would I call that pressure or would I just call that, um, uh, just, you know, just the human sort of condition of saying, do you know what, if I've been at this thing for X amount of time, if anything, maybe I probably was getting a bit, um, not frustrated, but like, I just want to get to the bottom of it. So I'm a person if there's a problem, let, let's just know what it yeah. is. And then if we've got a, you know, if we know what it is, we can solve it uh, because we'll know which path to take. So I think that's what it was exactly. for me. I was impatient with the, not impatient, because that's, you know, I was just like, no, you know, like, what are we waiting for? And if we're waiting, 
what did no, the your, reason... inst- your instincts were on point yeah so no there was no mm. pressure but just from exactly. that perspective self-inflicted if you would like but never external never external that's zero that's true that's amazing i mean i, I mean i have to commend your family and everyone around you for that that they didn't give that to you so you never no. felt like you didn't have their support so nope. tell me IVF South Africa. Tell us about the work you're doing with IVF South Africa. And I know you've recently started working with the Fertility Coalition and doing clubhouse talks and so on. Tell us a bit about what you've been doing through your platform. So what I, you know, what I just basically do with with IVF South Africa, like I said, I hope to be a signpost for 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 other people who are going through the journey. Um, I hope to be. An individual, so I'll give an example. I, I gave the thing what I did on Zim weddings and I did it on classy weddings and the lives and stuff like that. But and and really, just people who then write to you directly, uh, and that's who I'm after. That you know, when they say, Oh no, who's your target audience? Uh, it's the person who would rather probably DM me, but at least because of the fact that they know here's mm-hmm. the signpost, it's called Cry, and you can ask her here, is, is, is what really drives yeah. me and what I'm passionate about. Um, so yeah, so so. It's that the people who then DM me and say, listen, yeah, this is what I'm going through and stuff like that. Like literally I have people on my phone saved, right? I have to literally write so-and-so IVF group so that I just don't mix up my life with this life. Um, just because of the exactly. fact that people will, you know, all they just want to do is, and most of the time people just want to be able to just say to somebody else who has gone through the journey, oh my goodness, I'm feeling like X. And they say, I can relate that's okay you will feel like that you will feel frustrated mm-hmm. but just remember yes my journey is very different my circumstances i'm sitting in the house with you know like a whole lot of stuff but all it is is they just want to know that somebody's been through this and they've either survived it so i'm either an encouraging you know True. thing for, for somebody or i'm literally giving hope to another person to say this is possible uh my my biggest sort of thing is is always the culture thing the stigma attached to it uh, with regards to just saying, you know, why are we not talking about it? Because literally, I can tell you this much, Karen. If I find a special at Zara, exactly. or there's a huge sale at Zara, or whatever shop it is that you is your favorite, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I would literally say, Yay! Yeah. Ah, Kel, you must go. You must go there now because you know. <laughs> you guys need to go to Zara. <laughs> you guys go because I'm the plug. So I want to be the plug, but I want us all to be the plug that we're naturally the plug yeah. in the sense of. It's not because you, you know your friend likes Zara. That's why you're like one, two, three, four, five. No, it's just instinctively you're going to say, because I have seen this, this might be a good deal. I'm just telling you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and there's no, I'm not going to say, oh, cutting cheap money. She always wants the cheap stuff from Zara. That's why now she's telling me about the sale. I mean, I, I'd rather be known as cheap, but I'm just going to tell you about that sale or whatever yeah. it is. So I would like us to just to get to a point where people are so comfortable sure. about talking about it that it's just exactly like, there are many times that people ask you when are the babies coming is that many times they must tell you if they've had a miscarriage, they must share it with you. You know, our parents, uh, our aunts, yes. they've had those fibroids. Yeah. Hey, listen here, this is what I've gone through because this is what life is about. Stop telling us, oh, hey, mm-hmm. you know, as you look at a boy, you'll be pregnant. Ah, when I looked at enough boys, I'm not exactly. pregnant. <laughs> I then even had sex with the boy. That's, That's not true. I didn't get pregnant. So, that is yeah. actually we've all proven this because if we're all here and we're all being honest let's be fair now how many because if we all just had looked at them we would all be having i don't know how many kids um it's, it's just it's just to say yeah. let's really go on and and educate our kids the next generation and that sort of thing with regards to the real stuff which is just 
listen here, reproductive health is X, Y, Z. If you're having your periods and they're painful and that, that's not normal. I mean, how can we be told for years? I remember because I'm a younger sister of uh, four older siblings, two of which are girls. And I remember my grandmother used to give that mm-hmm. aloe. Ah, ah, ah. We were drinking aloe before they said, put it in the supermarket. <laughs> I, oh no, do you have Jacob? You were you were long in there. They were cutting that thing up. Oh no, I need Jacob. And, and nobody ever stopped to ask to say the reason why is it that your periods are this painful or whatever it is. Let's go to a doctor and see you. Is there a problem or whatever it is? But it's oh no 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 no. That's the. It's almost as if it's a rite of passage. If you haven't gone through that, then no no you know you're not a woman or or whatever it is. Yeah, so, you're not a woman. Yeah. Why is it supposed to be painful? Uh, you know, so yeah, Mm -hmm. that gets me really, um, sort of worked up just because of the fact that I I think I'm just passionate about that. Just to say, if we normalize this, if I tell my boy, listen here, you were born of IVF because your mommy and your daddy, their eggs were a bit not over easy or whatever the heck we're going to call them, but this is exactly it. It might happen to you, and don't think of your wife or whoever it is that they're less of a woman, or don't go around then now if you've got male factor infertility and then you respect. Oh no 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 no! It's not my fault. Uh, do you know what? It's that woman and 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 exactly. <laughs> and these narratives will keep mm-hmm. being perpetuated, which is what a lot of men do. So 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 and and also it also means that people men who probably know that they do actually have um an issue that needs to be investigated and looked at by a doctor are probably going to be like, do you know what? I'm not rather going to go on and say this because it is probably it's you know the the whole thing about my masculinity is directly linked with the, my ability or inability, you know, you know, to be able to have kids or whatever it is. So therefore I'm not even going to, go exactly. I am going to say, no, 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 no. Keep quiet. Meaning you're telling that boy child, don't ever seek out help because do you know what? It's never your problem. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. he's sitting there and he's knowing, Oh no, it's, it's, it's me. I watched recently. I watched, I'm a reality sure. TV, um, uh, junkie right like i watched anything reality slapstick mm-hmm. better because no i don't even want to think um <laughs> I, I i think for a living i think for a living i'm cool with it i do not want to think when i'm after hours and i watched this reality show i can't remember what it was called, it was called <laughs> asian something or the other it was on netflix um and one of the the the, the ladies in that had a like a fertility issue or whatever it is and she literally said, and she is of Asian descent, so I think they're Chinese or something. And she said to her mm-hmm. husband, you know, I had to carry your shame because she did not have, the, the, the infertility was not as a result of um, her in the sense that, like, you know, like I always say, it's never a blame game to say, oh, it's your fault, my fault. There's no fault associated with it. It's just is suffering from the condition. True. That's what it is, right? And she literally said, I, yeah. I, you know, I literally, I remember typing the words and she, she said something to the effect of, I carried your shame because for your family, you know, like literally it was more palatable for his family to believe that it was her who had the condition. And he never uh, owned up to actually saying deep. it. And I thought, uh-uh, Wena, you, you were there wow. and you <laughs> were silent. You, you were an accomplice. Yeah. No, I guess now we, us and the fam and exactly. the whole the family, meaning uh, the family and us, the rest of the world now know. Mm-hmm. And so what if people do know that it's it's true? You need man like tell me what, what about me? The fact that I had low very reserve has yeah. made me less of anything that I am. Funny, maybe less of a woman. More hair, mm-hmm. you know. That's just a mess. 
all of those things <laughs> just make me me and and, and, and and all of those things but yeah but really when people just go on and do that it just makes me just think it's those little stigmas those little um things that are associated with it that make people go on and say i'm either going to not seek out the help or i'm going to go on and say it's somebody else's mm. uh, fault or place blame or whatever it is so yeah so for me that's what ivf south africa is about to go on and destigmatize to go on and say hey, it looks like me, it sounds like me, and yes, I had infertility, and if you ever need help and you just want to sign for to be saying, let's go this way or that way, I'll share my story until, you know, I'm tired of sharing it. So, yeah, so that's really what I do. That's with amazing, and I, and I mean, it's lovely. It's amazing, and I love the fact that it's not just you, even your husband is willing to come forward and take part in uh, the Sometimes I just coerce. Which is a very, like you said, men... <laughs> you're I'm just, I, 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 no 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 so 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 I, you know I'm, I'm saying that he's okay with me sharing it but literally I remember I said because of the fact that so for so long the face of infertility is just got cry and Karen talking about it so yeah, what true. so what so if the narrative keeps on being that we're saying oh no it's never you know they will talk and talk and talk ah, you know the men talk, talk and that's why they're just talking it's their problem yeah their problem so I said and and somebody actually wrote after one of the, I can't remember which live and said, I was able to convince my husband to watch the live because there was a guy who was with you on the live. True. Right. True. And who that was talking and he was saying, this chick is mine and I'm his and we are kicking it and we've got him. And guess what? See, right. See, yeah, like we are just normal. Yeah. Um, and so, so I had said True. to him, whenever I would do a live, I begged and I said, because my husband is, no, this is not his stuff. This is my stuff and I know it. Social, and social media and being and I love there. it. Um, <laughs> and that's not to say that he does not support the stuff, the stuff that I do. I mean, for my birthday, mm. he got me the ring light. He got me the work so that, you know, my oh. quality is like on point and stuff like that. So, so he's really supportive of, all of the, you know, if let's say the child is a bit, hey, so that I can do the recording, I can do whatever that I need to do. Uh, but it was important for me to go on and have him on there in order to go on and say this is the face of infertility. It's a husband and a wife or it's a partner yeah. and whatever it is. It doesn't say, you know, people's choices and stuff like that. I'm not saying it's husband and wife for fertility, but it's like whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So really for me, that's what was yeah important. That's beautiful. And I'm curious, how did you get him to convince him or who convinced who, who needed to, be to take, start this journey? So so he <laughs> so this was his answer. So, so he's, we've been asked this so many times uh, with regards to how did you convince uh -huh. him? Because I think, and the reason why you would ask is your assumption is that you would have needed convincing, right? And I would wonder why. Yeah. Why I did mean, you in, assume in our that? communities? <laughs> it's our communities. We all you know that Zimbabwe exactly. And I've seen so many women exactly. saying their husbands don't even want to go get checked out. A woman naturally goes first. Exactly. She's like doctor, I'm struggling to have kids. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, so, and, and the reason why I'm saying that is so that the person who's also listening goes in and challenges themselves to say, oh, yeah, that would have been my assumption. And then I would just realize that, oh, no, that's just an assumption and it's not really the reality. Mm -hmm. And what's feeding our assumption is not necessarily an assumption, but because people literally live through that where men are saying, no, I'm sure. not going to go. No, I don't have a problem. Men don't, you know, men are fertile. They just do their yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> so, so, so when I asked, there was no convincing. Uh, it was just, well, we're going to look for a facility specialist. There was no big conversation. Maybe the conversation is like, ah, dude, it's not working out, but not necessarily to say, so are we going to go? Are you on board? Do you want to really go with me? And stuff? No, none of that. And when I asked my husband, he said, it was a simple thing. 
I wanted a child, you wanted a child. Is that you know, is the end goal you what want you want? Child. So what is it that's going to take for us to get there? It's X. So there's what, are, what am I thinking of? Like, why do I need to be convinced? If I'm wanting that, we would do anything, right? For for anything. We would do if right today I was diagnosed with cancer, yeah. we would look for every treatment under the sun. We would travel for it, we would go seek it out, we would go make sure, hey, listen, have you tried this? Have you tried that? We would do the same thing. So this is just a medical condition that needed a solution, like any other medical condition would. So for mm-hmm. him, I think no, I did not have to convince anybody's child. People were on board. That's amazing. Yeah. But, but I, I but hope I, any man watching or listening to this will be encouraged. Yeah. And also that's not our journey. And also that's <laughs> not to say that, you know, people are not living through these experiences where people are having to convince. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and like so I'm saying, maybe perhaps if you watch, you know, the the, the live that I did with, with with you know with my husband, you'd be able to be there say, Hey, plus your own you know what I mean? Like you exactly. know, and it's okay. And I'm not also just belittling and saying, Oh no, that never does happen. I, I acknowledge that it does happen mm-hmm. um in the societies that we come from and all of those things. And I must acknowledge my privilege in the sense of I'm not living in an experience where somebody is actually going on and saying to me, Oh, where's the child? Uh oh no, your husband should find another yeah. person. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Um you should be let go because of the fact that you're not producing or you're not procreating and, and all of those things that come with that. And yeah. So just to acknowledge that I'm in as much as I'm saying that it's, it's a whole different dynamic for someone who's lived reality is of that man who's saying, I'm not going anywhere. So unfortunately I wouldn't be able to say to you, Oh no, maybe if you say this or if Uh you say it that way, you know, really I would not be able to. True. That's true. And let's just say, obviously, there are women out there. Your journey wasn't smooth. It wasn't to fertility. For you to have your son now, it was a, you had some hiccups along the way. What advice would you give women? Because I know quite a lot of women give up or they get discouraged and then they're like, you know, it's not meant for me. Um, what advice would you give someone like that or who's in that phase right now? I just held on to the hope that I know. That honestly, mm-hmm. that was just what I I literally say to people when I look back. This is my testimony. This, as of the yeah. God who I saw, is exactly like I've got no other story that I'd be able to convince anybody to say there's a God, and that's why I named my child mm-hmm. there's a God and He is faithful. Um, it's because of the fact that I think where you're like, no matter which way the way you turned, I think it's one of those like I said at the beginning. I'm a social solutions driven person, so you've got a problem, let's solve it like yeah. this. Yeah. But now, yeah. here's your problem. And guess what? It's just not a, ah, I was going to do this. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. fine. You've got the IVF. You found it and all of those things. But God is still God. So yes, the, the, that embryo will still be put in your uterus. And you're thinking, yes, it's a guarantee. Nope, it's not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. I've known people, uh, one of the ladies on our fertility coalition, if I'm not mistaken, she's gone through 13 rounds of IVF. Wow. Right? And one has been successful. Wow. Uh so for me, it was just hope. There is no guarantee in this thing. But the one thing that is a constant and that does not change for me was just God. And I just had to hold on to that because I thought to myself, if he said you'd promise Abraham that and he says, I, Minano Abraham, like, mm-hmm. I was like, I am sure it's yes. me. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not, left out. <laughs> I'm not, you know? So so for me, I think that's what it was. It, it was just holding on to that hope that I knew was true. So I didn't know it was going to be successful. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was going to be any of those things, but I knew who God was. And I wanted to hold on to what That's I knew. So true. What I knew was him. He's faithful. His promises are just not empty. Um, 
you know, like literally my soundtrack, uh, that Waymaker by, I don't know whether his name is Sinach or Sinak, um, that Waymaker, Miracle Worker, mm-hmm. Promise Keeper, that, I get, I'm not kidding, I get goosebumps every single time I sing it, I think of it, and the other day I was dancing with my son as I was holding him, and I can't remember, a song came on that I always used to play, um, just as a war cry, I used to literally call them my war cries, and I literally was crying. Because yeah. I just thought to myself, I used to dream about this. This used to be a prayer and I'm holding it. So yeah, that's what I would hold I on know, to. And I'm holding the prayer. Imagine that. Imagine half wow, of those things that we pray for. That's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, so so for me, I'll just say Imagine. hold on to hope. Hold on to hope. Straight out for the one thing that you know is constant, that is real, that is not fleeting like men or, or whatever it is, but mm-hmm. that is just constant. So that's what I held on to. That's amazing. Oh man. And that's beautiful. <laughs> Well, thank you, Kurai. I mean, the last question I have for you, obviously, on behalf of everyone, is how can people get in touch with you? Where can they find you? So, like I said, my page is called IVF South Africa. Um, I am on Facebook and I am on Instagram. I'm also part of a group of ladies uh, from there. We're all of you know from Africa, uh, but we're in different locations. And we've got a support group on Facebook and it's called the Fertility Coalition. Um, and we're also on Instagram. So yeah, so that's how you can get a hold of me. I ask me anything and everything, um, you know, to do with my fertility journey. And I'll be more than happy. Like literally, I literally say to people, here's my number. I explain better than I write. Um, that sort of thing. And there's nothing <laughs> out of bounds, really. For me, it's just that I would like to be that signpost, that person who looks like you that point of reference that you're just looking for to just say, hey, you know, I'm feeling like, you know, nonsense today or whatever it is, or how does this work or how did it work for you? That sort of thing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But just want to say thank you so much, man, for having me um, on the Ovum. And that's what's intrigued yeah, me. Yeah, and uh, thank you for coming. So, yeah. So, so that <laughs> is word. Been, it is the word. It has been brilliant. It has been a good laugh. That I like conversations. Now I know Karen. From yes. where? All across the world. What are the odds? I know. Right? But yeah. <laughs> it's been beautiful. And thank you, Karai, for joining us here on the Ovum. We appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Cheers. <laughs>